listening to a sermon from Hebron Baptist Church, a church in the northern Kentucky Cincinnati area that's committed to making disciples who make disciples. We want our love for God to be evident in our lives and for the Word of God to bear fruit as we go on mission across the street and around the globe. We hope after hearing this message, you'll connect with us on our website at hebronbaptist.org and visit our campus, not far from I-275 in Hebron, some Sunday morning. And now, here's a message from God's perfect, life-changing Word. Turn to your copy of God's Word to 1 John 5. 1 John chapter 5. We can almost see the end of 1 John from here. And so that's page 1084. If you want to read along in the Bible, it's in front of you in the pew rack, 1084. We're going to read verses 1 through 13 of John chapter 5. We are almost complete our series of walking through 1 John, the illuminated life, how Christ and his love and his light is, uh, is, uh, shows in us and through us and assures us. And today that's what we're going to talk about, the assurance that we have in Christ. Let's go to the Lord and uh, let's go to his word as his word will help uh, assure us of Christ and what he has done in our lives. Let's read beginning in verse 1 of chapter 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father also loves the one born of him. This is how we know that we love God's children when we love God and obey his commands. For this is what love is for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not a burden, because everyone who's been born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. Who is the one who conquers the world, but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Jesus Christ, he is the one who came by water and blood, not by water only, but by water and by blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the spirit and water and the blood, and these three are in agreement. If we accept human testimony, God's testimony is greater, because it is God's testimony that he has given about his son. The one who believes in the son of God has the testimony within himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony God has given about his son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. And the one who has the Son has life. And the one who does not have the Son does not have life. I've written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray as we have sung that you would reveal to us your glory that you would reveal to us through your word, that you would reveal yourself, and that you in us would grow us and make us like your son. We pray knowing that the word is active and faithful, and we know that no matter what I say today, that your word and your spirit will work in our hearts. We're thankful for this. And we come to it knowing and expecting to hear how we are assured in you. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, as you went to sit down in your pew, how many of you paused and thought for a second, I'm afraid this pew might not hold me up. 
All right, come on, raise your hands if you actually stopped, looked at the pew, and were concerned to sit down on it. Anybody? No, okay. A hundred percent of us sat down on the pew this morning without even giving it, actually you are probably just now even thinking about this possibility right now because I brought it up. You assume, you thought, you know that as you sat down, you weren't going to be flailing around in the floor with your, your legs and ankles dangling up above you. You knew you were going to be held up in that pew. You had faith. You had faith that that pew was going to hold you up. And friends, I believe that in our faith in Christ, we can have that same assurance the assurance that won't give us or make us have a double take. An assurance that we don't have any doubts. An assurance in our faith that we know in Christ we are his and we are safe. You see, religion or Christianity specifically is filled with certainties. And it's filled with certainties. We know that the, Jesus is the Son of God. We know without a doubt that Jesus Christ paid and died for a ransom for many. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is alive, that he was resurrected. And we know that he gives forgiveness to everyone who believes in his name. There is certainties that we come across in Christianity that nowhere else can we find? We have certainties, both historical certainties as well as theological certainties that Christianity and our assurance in Christ is sure. But oftentimes as a pastor, I come across many people filled with doubts, even brothers and sisters in Christ. Maybe it's because they're doubting because there's some besetting sin that is going on in their life, and they're confused. How could I be struggling with this? Does God still love me because of this? There's some who struggle with doubts because of maybe they're thinking and mulling over some theological point, and they, they get to this point where all they're doing is going over it and over it and over it again, and they just can't quite grasp the reality of it. Or maybe there's something that they're doubting because they're allowed the world to choke out their faith. The world and the culture has seemed to, to negatively affect because of circumstances or, or, or things that have happened or even just because the siren song of the world that says to run away from God instead of to him. Well, today, I want us to be assured of what the Bible says. That if we believe in Christ, there is a gift to us of assurance to every believer. That none of us should be leery or weary or concerned about our salvation. If we have trusted in Christ, we have repented of our sins, that we have been born again, we do not need to be concerned. There is a gift to us as a matter of faith, and it is a bedrock of our faith that we are assured in Christ. We know that we can be assured that Christ is ours as it is a matter of our faith in him. I believe as we read this that we need to be assured of our faith. 
that John writes this to fulfill what he says in verse 15. That those of you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you know you have eternal life. So today we want to look at five reasons our faith is secure in Christ. Number one, this, our faith is born of God. If you're writing notes, following along, number one is our faith is born of God. Remind yourself what verse one says. Everyone who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father also loves the one born of him. Our faith in Christ is sure because there has been given the gift of faith in Christ to us. John says, those who believe in Christ are what? Born of Christ. That we have been saved by grace, but also our faith is a gift of God as well. It wasn't that one day we mustered up enough willpower to somehow come to faith in Christ. Instead, it was God through the Spirit who came to us, justified us, saved us, and gave us the gift to come to faith in Christ. We read this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. Verse 1 says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath as the others were also. But God, don't you love those two words? But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. Brothers and sisters, dead people cannot help themselves. Dead people cannot save themselves. R.C. Sproul tells a story of actually thinking of how God has saved us. He uses this saying, he says, God doesn't just throw a life preserver to a drowning person. He goes to the bottom of the sea, pulls up a corpse from the bottom of the sea, takes him on the bank, breathes life into him, and makes him alive. When we read this, we understand and, uh, that it is, we are sure in our faith, not because of a work that we have done, because of work that he has done through his son Jesus. If we have any hope, it is not in the hope of our power, it's the hope of the power of the one who has saved us. We know that we can be assured of safe and be safe. And you know that John was, as he was writing, was thinking back to as he was writing his gospel and he remembers being in the room when Nicodemus says, uh, Christ, how must I be saved? And Jesus says, you must be born again. John makes us be reminded of this, to see that we must be born of the Spirit, born of God, and our faith is assured because of this. Now, Franklin took swimming lessons at the Y, 
We would go, and we had to go every couple Saturdays to do this. And Franklin was a lot younger now than this, but Franklin walked with me, and we go to the Y, and we scan in, and Franklin just proudly goes right in and takes those swimming lessons. Now, is it based on the fact that Franklin was able to just go and take those lessons? No. How did Franklin have access to the swim lessons? His dad scanned his card, beep, 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 beep. And because of his dad's membership, Franklin was allowed to end. Friends, it is the same reason because our Heavenly Father has granted us His Son that the only rewards that we have is because of Him. And we have accesses to the riches of heaven. It is in this we are assured, not because we have done something, but instead Christ has come, Christ has saved us. We have faith in what He has done because we have been born of God. Secondly, our faith is displayed in obedience. Verse 2 through 3 says this. This is how we know that we love God's children, when we love God and obey His commands. For this is what the love of God is, to keep His commands, and His commands are not a burden. Let's just stop there as we think about that it is through the assurance of our faith that we see that we display obedience to Christ confirms and affirms and assures us that Christ has saved us. Now, maybe in most of our cars, actually all of our cars, there's a little thing in the front. Some of us use it, some of us don't. It's called a speedometer. And we know that in that speedometer, we can see if we are speeding. You know, if we're, if, if the speedometer is reading about five miles an hour, 10 miles an hour, we we can be assured that we're not speeding. But if it's reading about 90 plus, most places that we're driving, we can be assured that we are speeding. In the same way, we have been given a speedometer to show our love for Jesus. John reminds us as believers that we are to obey Christ's commands. That that's what even love looks like. Jesus says over in John that if you love me, you will obey my commands. Paul says similarly in Romans 6 verse 12, saying, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its desires. And do not offer any parts of it to sin as weapons for unrighteousness. But as those who are alive from the dead, who is that? Those who have been born of God. You offer yourselves to God and all the parts of yourselves to God as weapons for righteousness. For sin will not rule over you because you are not under the law but under grace. You see, we know we have been saved by grace. We know that it has been the power of God to save us. And in that, we joyfully follow and obey Christ. As a matter of fact, John goes on to even say that we see it not as a burden, but because we willingly and lovingly want to love Christ by obeying his commands. And so as we read this and we think of what this means in our assurance, we know that in 
our obedience, we have displayed our faith in Christ that we can be assured. Now, some of you, if you look at your speedometer, spiritual speedometer we're speaking of, and it's at a zero, that you're living in unrepentant rebellion, that you don't look at that speedometer as your favorite thing, but it is actually a gift of Christ to you. Because looking at it, you can see your great need for Christ. That in it, you know that because you are not following him, because you have turned away from him, because you are unrepentant and and you are unloving and you are unrighteous, that you have this wonderful opportunity even today to call out to Christ and be saved. Your speedometer today may be telling you that you don't have a relationship with Jesus. So today, thanks be to God that where you are, no matter how bumpy the road, no matter how bad the story is, the good news is this. You can call out to Christ and be saved. There's a new life waiting for you in Jesus. But some of us, when we look at our speedometer, we kind of start to compare ourselves a little bit and we start to get a bit a little leery of how we are following Jesus. And sometimes Satan can trick us into thinking that we aren't sure of our faith. We look at our speedometer and say, well, our prayer life isn't the best. Or evangelism isn't great. I've been angry a lot lately. I've been doing all these things. But here, can I give you some grace this morning? Every, most places in the scripture when Someone writes about our faith or as we are doing good works. Most places, this is used to affirm in us our faith in Christ, not to hold a burden over us. It is to help us to say that there are evidence of of Christ's work in us, that we can look at our life and we can see that God is working in us, that that we are better today than we were last week, that we have conquered sins that we had not previously conquered, that we are kinder and sweeter and more patient and more loving and more forgiving, all these things because we know Christ is working in us. Maybe you look at your life and you see evidence of Christ's work, that you are more patient, that you are forgiving more, you are thinking of people better, you are uh, resisting gossip more, you are being more pure. Well, we all know it's not from you that's getting that done because we were dead, that we were under the, the, the world's possessions. But now, because of Christ working in us, Our lives are changing. And brother or sister today, if you see your life changing and growing, be assured, be thankful because Christ is at work in you. And you can be assured of your salvation as you are growing. You are repenting at times. You are asking forgiveness from God. You are growing in your faith, but all the while Christ is working in you. We can be assured because we are displaying obedience. Thirdly, our faith, is, our faith overcomes the world. Verse 4 through 5, it says, Because everyone who is born of God conquers the world. This is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. 
Who is the one who conquers the world? But the one who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So what does this mean? John is telling us that if we are born of God, that if we are sealed of the Spirit, if we are Christ's children, that we overcome the world. What does it mean to overcome the world? Well, John is saying here that we can be assured because of our faith in Christ. Notice he said, how are we overcomers? Because of our faith. Who are overcomers? Those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Well, John is saying that you are assured in your faith because you have overcome the pull, the distraction, and the love of the world. Earlier in the letter, remember, he says, do not love the world. There's a direct command there. But what John is showing us here is because you are now putting aside the world, the world is not having, a, having sway over you or pulling on you. It is because of this you can be assured of Christ's work in you. Because you are assured in your faith. How do we know? Because he said we conquer through faith. Faith we have seen is what the, uh, the world, ha- uh, faith is what we usually see what the world has to offer. And we, we are seduced for it by it for a time. But now, in our faith in Christ, we see it for what it really is. We see that when compared to the world, that nothing beats Jesus. That Jesus is sweeter. That Jesus is the treasure. And now we see with clear vision that the world really has nothing for us to offer. But only in Christ can we see things more clearly. I wear prescription glasses. And so, uh, well, well, I wear prescription glasses now. But I also wear prescription sunglasses. And so I use them a lot while I'm driving. And many times I will forget to take them off. I just... You know, I get out of the car, I'm in a hurry, I'm trying to run into something, and I go in, and I go into a store, I go into a restaurant, and I'm like, man, I mean, are they trying to set the mood with this romantic lighting? I mean, why is it so dark in here? I can't even see, who is that over there waving at me? I mean, I, I can't tell who this is. And then Sarah goes, um, you're, wearing, you're wearing your sunglasses. So I take them off and, oh, okay, it's not not as bad in here. I can see things more clearly. Well, we have assurance of our faith because when we are born of God, the glasses have been pulled off of us and we see that the world pales in comparison to Christ. We see how things really are. The spell has been broken. The blinders are off. We understand that the world is a lie and Jesus is the treasure. John Piper notes in this passage when he says, that is why faith conquers the world. The world held us bondage by the power of its desires, but now our eyes have been opened by the new birth to see the superior desirability of Jesus. That Jesus is better than the desires of the flesh and better than the desires of the eyes and better than the riches that strangle us with greed and pride. You see, we have assurance in faith because we step back and look and see this world isn't all that it's cracked up to be. And when I try to give my heart to these relationships or this job or, or these people, 
or this fame or this attention or social media gathering. When we do that, we say we love the world and what it brings more than Christ. But when we start to realize that none of that matters, not what people think about me, not what the world can offer me, but who Jesus is, then we know we are being assured of our faith in him. Maybe today you still love the world. Maybe you need to think and pray what ways, what ways have the world captivated your heart? Well, friends, here's the good news to those of you who are still captivated by the world. Christ gives you new eyes. And when you do, you see he is the treasure that you've been looking for. Number four, our faith is attested by the Spirit. Now, verses six through nine is a very, uh, very difficult section to understand. So I'm going to try to help us read through it a little bit. Jesus Christ, he is the one who came by water and the blood. Not by water only, but by water and by blood. Now, I'm just going to stop there and help explain this a little bit. John is answering directly the false teaching of the day that Jesus was a, uh, received the Messiah's spirit. In other words, he was just a, a good man. The, the false teachers were arguing that Jesus was just a good man and whom at the baptism, water, received the Messiah's spirit and then ceased being the Messiah before the cross. These, this false teaching that John is answering, what is he saying? Not by water only, not by baptism, but by water and by blood. In other words, that Jesus was born of God and he is fully God and fully man. And then it goes on to say, and the spirit is the one who testifies because the spirit is the truth. For they are Three that testify, the spirit, the water, and the blood. What does this mean? Well, this helps us to understand that the Trinity is involved in affirming our salvation. That the spirit himself is affirming in us. That God, through the baptism, because remember what happened at Jesus' baptism? Jesus comes and the Father speaks. This is my son, whom I am well pleased. And then his blood, we see that Jesus went to the cross to die for our sins. And what does it say in verse 7? And these three are in agreement. If we accept human testimony, God's testimony is greater because it is God's testimony that he has given about his son. So, number four, our faith is attested by the Spirit. We have seen that there are physical ways that we can be assured of our salvation. We can know by our, the way that we live. We can know that we are not loving the world anymore. We can understand that we have been saved by God. But we also have this spiritual assurance of our faith that the Spirit is in us, that we know we are Christ. The Bible teaches that the Spirit comes on us at salvation that we are born again, that the Spirit comes and lives. God himself lives in us. And understanding this, the Bible tells us that it is the Spirit who is the down payment of our salvation. The Spirit is the seal of our salvation, knowing for sure that we are, 
are saved. And the helper that Jesus said would come lives in our hearts and our lives so that whenever, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, we can rely on the Spirit to help us live our life. As we know, we need the Spirit's work in us to follow Jesus. And the Spirit is just like a compass. It always points north. It always, the Spirit always points us to Jesus. Romans 8, 14 through 17 says, For all those led by God's Spirit, Spirit, excuse me, are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. The scriptures help us see that it is also the spirit of God in us that helps assure us of Christ's work in our salvation. You see, it seems to me that the spirit seems to whisper when we need him the most. He is the wartime reinforcement we are, when we are suffering. When we think we can't go on, when we think that God doesn't love us, when we think we're distant from Christ, the Spirit shows up to us and reminds us we are loved. He reminds us when we are obeying and when we're not. It is that uh, the understanding or feeling that we know that we are under guilt when we sin, that we, we must ask for forgiveness and that we must follow Jesus. We know it is the Spirit's lead, leading when He is affirming us to obedience and holiness and warning us against sin. It is this work in us that we understand that the Spirit is living with us we are assured of Christ. When the Holy Spirit, maybe you've experienced this, that something you're struggling with and the Spirit brings to mind God's Word and affirms you where you are. Or maybe the Spirit reveals through the biblical advice of a Christian friend and reminds you that God is taking care of you. The Spirit goes deep into your heart to know that we are loved and we are in Christ. The Spirit is a sweet gift that attests to our salvation and helps us to know that we are truly God's. But thankfully, we have an even surer anchor than that. And that is number five. Our faith is assured in Christ. Verse 10, the one who believes in the Son of God has this testimony within himself. The one who does not believe God has given a excuse me, does not believe God has made him to be a liar because he has not believed in the testimony God has given about his son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. The one who has the son has life. The one who does not have the son of God does not have life. I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the son of God so that you know that you have eternal life. Friends, this is the sure and steady anchor for us that we can be assured because of Christ in us, what Christ has done for us, and because of God's work through his son, Jesus. 
John targets the apostate antichrists that have been talking, that we've talked about. This, these ones who have left the church, denying Christ who he is. Their departure is a process of ever-growing unbelief. And John says, if you do not believe, you are doing something so disrespectful because you are making God out to be a liar. What has God said? Jesus is my son. Jesus is the way to eternal life. Jesus is the only way. And if you say, I don't believe in Christ, he is not the Messiah, he is not the Savior, then you are calling God the liar. And this so-called enlightened knowledge of God that John was speaking to is in fact actually not truth, but is in fact dark, deadly, and damning. To say that Jesus is not the Messiah, Jesus has no hope, it is severity. And so for John follows this clear line of demarcation in verse 12, whoever has the Son has eternal life, and whoever does not have the Son does not have eternal life. It is because the Father and the Spirit have taken the stand as the ultimate witnesses. It is also Jesus who is at stake. And this is why the choice between belief and denial has such dramatically different consequences. Only in Jesus Christ, who is eternal life, are we granted eternal life. So we must believe in Him. And when we do, we are assured. Martin Luther wrote, that is the mystery which is rich in divine grace to sinners, wherein by a wonderful exchange of our sins are no longer ours but Christ's, and the righteousness of Christ is not Christ's but ours. He has emptied himself of his righteousness so that he might clothe us with it and fill us with it, and he has taken our evils upon himself if that we might deliver us from them. Friends, this is the good news of Christ, the good news of the gospel, the good news of our salvation, that in trusting in him, we are born again, but we are forgiven and given eternal life. And in our world, we are told that we can trust many ways, but the reality is there is a God-man who actually came and actually died, and it is in his name there is life, and there is life, and in no other. There is a historical record of something changed in history that Jesus died for our sin. For us to be assured, we have assurance in his name. And the world tells us that it's not so sure. Kevin DeYoung tells of a, 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 a philosophical story where people use about, it's about six blind men. Maybe you've heard of this. They are invited into a room where there is a big elephant. And they are to describe what they have found. And in their blindness, one of the, the blind men feels the tail and they say, well, we have found a rope in here. And one of the blind men come to the side of the elephant and, and feel in the strong nature of the wall of the elephant. They say, they say well, this is a wall. And then one other one set feels the, the large ear of the elephant, and they say, well, we found a, a fan in here. Well, the moral of this story, this philosophical uh, story, is, is that, that we are all blind when it comes to God, and we can't know him 
We only know him in part. And so the argument becomes, we all might know a little piece of God, and so all of us have the right way to come to God. Now, let's go on and think through that. There's some very big flaws in this. Number one, it's being told by a narrator who knows what's in the room. So argumentatively, they already know the answer, who that is. It's an elephant. that We know who God is. But this is where the story falls apart. What if the elephant can speak? What if the elephant can speak to the blind man and say, now that's not a rope, that's my tail, bro. I'm not a wall, I'm an animal. That's not a fan, that's my ear. Friends, this is the same thing when it comes to God. God has spoken. And that is a gift to us. God has spoken. He has spoken to, through his word. God has spoken through his son, Jesus Christ. And we know for sure who God is because of the son. The word says that Jesus, we don't know God, but we know him because we've seen the son. It is through Jesus the Christ that we have faith and assurance that God is the way. We know through God that Jesus is the Son who has died for our sins, that because of Him, we know we can have forgiveness in His name. He has spoken through His Word, and He has spoken through His Son, and His Son says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me, period. Today, if you have trusted Christ, then you can be assured. There's not going to be a time one day when you take your final breath that you need to be fearful. Because if your faith is in Christ, you're not putting your faith in a modern philosophy You're not putting your faith in a false God. You've put your faith on the solid rock, Jesus. And you know on that day, you will be assured because of what his death and what his life has done for you. You will say, God, I can come to heaven not because of me, but because of him. And because of his righteousness on me. We can be assured of our faith. Even when we feel, don't don't feel like it today. Even when we feel like we're far from him. Even when we've allowed sin to encamp. Even when we struggle. We can be assured of our faith in Christ. You can hear this. No matter how the world fails, Christ never will. And that is why you're assured. I've been drawn to one of the many things in church history, but one is the prayer of St. Patrick. There's something about it that is so Christ-centric and helps me to, to be assured of this. He begins his prayer by saying, I rise today through a mighty strength and the invocation of the Trinity, through a belief in the threeness Through a confession of the oneness of the creator of creation, I arise today. Through the strength of Christ's birth and his baptism, through the strength of his crucifixion and his burial, 
through the strength of his resurrection and his ascension, through the strength of his descendant for the judgment of doom, I arise today. And he goes on to say, so the reward may come to me in abundance that Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of every man who speaks of me, Christ in the eye that sees me, Christ in the air who hears me, I arise today. Friends, our hope, our assurance is Christ in us. So how can you be assured of your salvation today? If you are not assured, trust Christ today. Trust and repent and be saved. If you are unsure that you do not know what would happen to you when you die, trust Jesus, repent of your sins, believe on him, and he will save you. But if you are going through a time of doubt, either brought on by sin or struggle or pain, know that you can be assured in your faith in Christ. May this be a reminder, and may this be encouraging to all, that we are assured in him. Let us pray. God, we are thankful this morning for this solid rock of Christ, our faith. Our faith born of you, our faith that comes through the way that we live, our faith through your son, Jesus Christ. We can be sure. And so, God, I pray that there is someone who might be struggling here today, that, Lord, they, they are encouraged to hear of what Christ is and what Christ has done. And I pray that if they do not know you, that today your spirit would save them and they would be born of you. God, I pray today that if there's someone depressed, discouraged, distraught, but feel like you are far away, God, I pray that the Spirit and your Word right now is an anchor that holds them and assures them that you love them and that they, that you are theirs. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Hebron Baptist Church. We pray as you have listened, the Holy Spirit has worked in your heart that you may faithfully follow Him. Most importantly, we hope that you have been drawn into a relationship with God. At Hebron, we believe that the gospel is the central message of the Bible. The gospel is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, who was born of the Virgin Mary, lived a sinless life, and died for our sins. But he was raised from the dead and ascended to the right hand of God. The most appropriate response to hearing this good news is turning from sin and turning to Christ. Don't stay far from God. Instead, repent and believe in Christ and be brought into an intimate relationship with him. If you would like more information about this life-changing decision, please contact us through our website at hebronbaptist.org or even better, come see us on a Sunday morning. May God bless you as you follow him.